I'm Brandon. And I'm Brandon. And welcome back to Apollo City Comics. Um, we are excited, excited for today's episode. It's, um, you know, a series we've been wanting to touch up on for a long time. And it's pretty exciting because we have a very special guest with us today to go over one of the dopest books uh, visually I've seen in years. I don't know. This is hard to top. Uh, But first, as always, a friendly reminder, you know, if you're reading your comic books, why not read them with a cup of coffee? And you can get that from coffeeandacomic.com. Go hit up our boy who set up a pull list for you. I know, you know, printing is getting really rough with some books. I know ordering books from your local comic book shop can be kind of tough sometimes. Uh, just shoot them a pull list and you'll get all those variant covers you want. You get your bags bagged and boarded when they're shipped to you. And you get coffee in your order. Well, what else do you need in life? Like literally, you're just paying for comics and shipping. And you're getting like bags and boards. Coffee. Like co- this guy's giving you coffee to enjoy. And he's sharing that love with you. Go hit up coffeeinacomics.com. And also... Go hit up our other friends. And if you want some comics to read with those other comics and to, I guess, read while you drink that coffee, you can check out Lesser Known Comics, our good friends that you've heard about plenty times before. Again, they've just wrapped up that Kickstarter. I think as of now of recording, the books should be shipping within two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Is that February? Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Either way. You should have them. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of February. Uh, whenever this comes out, it should be shortly within that time span. But yeah, go ahead and check out everything that. Yeah, go ahead and check out everything that Lesser Known has released. They have more books on the way. They have plenty of books to choose from. I believe that you can get most for free still, but some are costing a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Last I checked on the website, each book depends on the price. But if you back their Kickstarter, you definitely get whatever you paid for, especially with the tiers. So definitely check them out. They're amazing people. They're awesome people. And they're people that are worth checking, like just reading because they're they're giving you a chance to read some books that are literally free for yeah. a good amount of them. And uh, they have a bunch of new creators on their line. So all the books that are for sale, you're actually helping other independent creators kind of get yes, their name out there. It goes directly it to them. So, and you know what? For both Coffee and a Comic and Lesser Known, we have coupon codes at the bottom, 10 to 15% off. Uh, your order so type those in get yourself a discount and get yourself some coffee comics dude like literally like we want you guys to read we don't get paid for these ads yeah um, we don't get paid we're not we're just we're not trying to like do anything wrong here we just want you to read comics and yeah. we're just trying to help our friends at out. a cost efficient way um <laughs> well and you know what while, while you like and subscribe to our channel go check those guys they have youtube channels out they have um you know instagram, instagram pages. profiles yes go subscribe to all their stuff see all the cool stuff we're talking about we're not bullshitting um <laughs> so today <laughs> i would like to finally have him on the show uh an amazing awesome host and there's gonna be a link to his show across the bifrost below um we have our good friend ryan ryan hello hey fellas welcome to the show dude uh we have been on your show before and we kickstarted it with donny kate's um first thor run and yes we did uh, was it why do i want to say the devourer king we did we did a three-part epic covering the devourer it was called the devourer king all right cool (laughs) yes so thor versus galactus versus the black winter all sorts of great stuff and everything kind of just rolled together because 
you know, I'm I'm gonna be on your show. Uh, I don't know if by the time this episode out, it might be out. It might not be yes. out. Um, but we're covering the first uh, run of Jason Aaron's Thor too, and yes. all three of these books all connect to each other. So that's why we yes, try to do. make this trifecta of what is it called? The All Blade, basically. This should be the All Blade Chronicles or something. We should have given the it a dope Blade name. Chronicles. <laughs> there you go. Dang, Brandon's trying to write himself into a job, <laughs> yeah. now, right? But let me just throw out there that like something about Donny Cates' characters and his stories or not the one not characters he created, but the characters he's worked with. It's like brought Brandon and I together. Yeah. Brought Ryan and us together. Holy crap, bro. And yeah. you know, we've come full circle where we've gone from Venom, if you check out literally my first episode on the show, to Ryan's podcast, you know, across the Bifrost where we did the Black Winter. And then now here we are again with uh I guess we could say it, Silver Surfer Black, right? Yeah, I forgot we haven't um, even talked about this. Yeah, we haven't even said what we're reading. <laughs> you see so the episode title. Man. It, it's one of those things, you know, it's just, it brought us together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such like a nice variety of characters, you know. You're getting Venom, Thor, and Silver Surfer. Three characters I don't really cross paths very often or very connected <laughs> in any sort. Um, and it's cool stuff to pull out of the hat. Um. But you know what? Let's dig in. You know, as I should have actually been showing this, you know, those for those of you who are watching the YouTube video, um, I didn't break out my single issues to like open them up because I have the Donny Cates omnibus. How did you guys read it? Single issue. No, there was a Donny Cates omnibus. Yeah, it's like a cosmic <laughs> omnibus or something. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it is pretty sweet. And you know what? Like, I'll show you guys on camera too, um, because I know it's only being recorded. Hey, you know, what? I'm gonna before I show you that the stupid Mary Jane variant. <laughs> Why did they have to come out with this series? They were pushing like Mary Jane variants at that moment. Yeah, it pisses me off. Like I, I hate that I anniversary. I got that. So whoever made that decision, thanks. Um, (laughs) I don't don't have a uh, slick, cool Donny Cates omnibus, uh, but I do have Marvel Unlimited on my iPad. Ah, Nice, there you go. So um, that's how I'll be enjoying it tonight. And you know the. What I like about the omnibus is the front and back of it because you know you have the slipcase folder uh, that shows all his you know characters he's worked on, but this one you get some uh, really really awesome trad more. Um, oh, you know I think stop. it's issue three that this scene happens in, uh, and it's, yeah, it's oh my just gosh. I can't wait to get to some of this art. Yeah, Ooh, spoilers. Um, I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's let's <laughs> dig right in. Um, I am gonna uh, preface by saying this this book you kind of need to you don't need to, but it kind of makes more sense if you read Guardians of the Galaxy issue one. Yeah, at very minimum, um, it does lead into this why all these characters that kickstart you know the story right now why they're gathered together, and I, I don't know. Do one of you guys want to go over that part? Do you guys remember that aspect of it? Very yeah. Much? Um, wait, Ryan, did you read his Guardians? I did not read the Guardians uh, issue that the I think it's footnoted in here. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. I did not. I did not go back and read that. Okay, so this is one of those terrible moments where I remember the gist of it, but I don't remember everything because I read like a million comics a week kind of thing. Um, but I did read the single issues. Have you read it, Brandon? Yeah, I have the hardcover of it. Okay, um, <laughs> it's dope. Um, I really liked it. It's an interesting book because he really does some deep cuts with who he makes the Guardians of the Galaxy in that book. But long story short, 
they get thrown into a black hole. Yeah, you know, they're all gathered together because uh, Thanos is dead. He, um, yeah. And then... And it's like his funeral with, like, an AI replica of his conscious or something? He's, like, giving his, uh, his like, last will and rights, basically. Yeah. He's, like, sending him a message. And so that's why all these people are gathered because they're thinking that, like, his consciousness has shifted into somebody else. And they're thinking it's going to go into Gamora. And I'm kind of showing it right now on the YouTube channel if you guys end up wa or watching it visually but that's why all these characters are gathered and you know the the black order pops up and they end up infiltrating some stuff and it makes like their ship blow up and there's like a cosmic black hole <laughs> great yeah. timing you know and they're trying like to get said. the body of thanos and literally like right there's a scene right here where they're going into the black hole and you see um stormbreaker fly through and that's where they're all getting yanked out of it so in a few pages, when we kick it up, you'll see why Silver Surfer didn't make it out and why the rest of the Guardians pulled back through. And so you can kind of read these two series together. Yeah. Okay. Um, but dude, uh, kickstarting it, I mean, Donny Cates, Tradmore, I'm spacing out the colorists so hard. Um, it would Dave be Stewart. Uh, Dave Stewart. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, so, I mean, dude, <laughs> page one. I mean, just gorgeous. I can't even... Like, how do you get a cooler Galactus and Silver Surfer pose? His... Tradmore's artwork has such fluidity to it that it feels kind of... cause. You know, when you look at a reflection or how things look against, like, silver, you know, like, metal and everything, that yeah. weird puddle at the gas station with all, like, the rainbow colors and all that, like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's literally yeah. this book. The effect that Silver Surfer gives off in this book... It's going to be a weird comparison, but you can't unsee it when I say it. It looks like the T-1000 for Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah. like, the easiest description I can give. Dude, you're right. I would have never put that together myself. Yeah, when he's right. all, like, yeah. liquid metal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That's how they're going to make a silver server. If you guys are listening, just do the same thing you did with T2, but the whole movie. Dude, that movie came out like, <laughs> like 50 years ago. You could fucking do it now. Yeah, <laughs> like we've done it. Like just, you know, get James's team on that stuff. Like get that get that technology rolling. A James Cameron Silver Surfer movie. Oh, goodness. Oh, It'd be like a four-hour oh, cut, and then he would make a sequel 15 years later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you're talking about billions but and billions like Donnie does in this one. So, okay, my, my first little kind of ranting complaint is that like, this book isn't like Donnie's best writing. It's very flashy writing. It's very like kind of almost trying to be Alan Moore kind of poetic with this character, which I can see. And it's a tough thing by all means. I'm not saying any of this was easy, but um, it's like when you talk about structure and the way the arc is with the character, it doesn't really pan out that well. Like it doesn't really go anywhere. It's really all just for oohs and ahs than it is for like building up the character in a sense i don't know i didn't really feel it as strong in this volume as i did but i mean the same thing with guardians it this was all written around the same time and donnie was kind of like getting his feet on the ground before he started really taking off with venom and then i mean thor is fucking epic right now and shit yeah. but it's just um, it's not his pinnacle and i i feel like this should have been like his i don't know all-star in that sense the the thing and i feel like we should mention this the thing with this book is that so it is definitely told like in like mostly first person monologue perspective yeah. of Silver Surfer. But I think it's one of those things that you have to keep in mind. 
Silver Surfer was like Stanley's personal favorite mm-hmm. creation, and it was like one of his most. And I'm not doubting any of Stanley's commitments to things, but it was the most like emotionally invested character he probably had on yeah. his personal end. And I think with a character like Silver Surfer, there's not many books around the character because it, in a way, is daunting to write because this is such an important character to his legacy. And I want to say this was being written or finished when Stanley died, too. This was like in that time frame of it was like the Silver Surfer book while Stanley passed, I want to say. So interesting uh like mentioning stan lee with the silver surfer i um i did a little bit of a deep dive with with the surfer and kind of looked back through some of his history before we jumped on and this like jack kirby and stan lee had their like historical massive differences that led to you know creator controversy and all that kind of stuff but i think this was the character that broke jack kirby um when because when when Silver Surfer shows up in the Galactus trilogy in Fantastic Four, so like Jack had drawn had drawn the Silver Surfer, and they're like, he should have a herald. Galactus should have a herald. And then this character spills out of that. Stanley wanted to do a Silver Surfer book. They do a Silver Surfer book, and they don't ask Jack Kirby to be the artist on. Oh, is John instead Buscema. John Buscema? Yeah. So, but if you uh, like. Anybody out there that's interested in the Surfer, you should definitely go read about the first three or four issues of the OG Silver Age Silver Surfer run because, like, his origin, the first appearance of Mephisto, like, fantastic stuff. And then go read the last issue. The last issue is like the last thing Jack Kirby did for Marvel in that era. And it's a complete, like, middle finger to everything he wasn't allowed to do. Oh, wow. And I was like, what a badass like he he's he's already he's already on his way to dc and he's like two birds out the window you know and then he goes and he writes new gods and he goes and does all that over there like silver surfer's not like he's not without his controversy when it comes to his history oh yeah he's got emotional deeply character. so i didn't know behind the character i didn't know half of that to be honest i i didn't either all enough to that you know (laughs) yeah that was and i'm i'm like a surfer fan dude right here there's a fucking silver surfer uh scott williams thing. nice and that's one of the variant covers i have too um nice man holy fuck i want to read that last issue so that you're talking about the last (laughs) issue of the like the whatever 70s or 80s Silver Surfer, yeah. right? Well, so in in the sixties and uh, it's like the end of the Silver Age. It's the late sixties. Okay, look it up right now. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not sure about dates, but it, they only did eighteen issues of that Silver Surfer run because they were most of them were like double sized issues. Oh wow! And they were very weighty. Like you know, it's it's you know, it's Lonely Surfer out there, you know, being the savior of the spaceways, and he's he's always kind of just sad sacking it. And I think the one bit of criticism that I've heard about that original run is that it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just Norrin Rad being, you know, he, he's sad Rad the entire time. And then in that last issue, Jack gives him some character development, but the book was already being pulled, so you know. And then it, he popped around like the Defenders for a while with Doctor Strange and the Hulk and Submariner. He gets a longer he gets a longer series in the 80s or 90s, I believe. Um, 
but in that i think that went 100 plus issues but the original series didn't really last that long um after they started and i think that other run was like post infinity war or something um yeah so there's Something yeah, like that, because he got inv- he got involved with Infinity Gauntlet and then Infinity War. Like he was all mixed up in that stuff. So I think yeah. that Infinity Watch is that what he also got mixed up in too. Because yeah, he was an Infinity Watch. I want to say with uh, Home Slice, Adam Warlock. Yeah, well, the <laughs> I'm gonna sound like the fakest fan ever, but uh, is it Infinity <laughs> oh. War or Infinity Gauntlet? The it's, one that it's Infinity. Oh wait, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. That what. The, the the most famous one, the one that Endgame oh, is Gauntlet. based off of. Gauntlet. It's Infinity yeah. Gauntlet, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Infinity War was the series after that, and then an Infinity yeah. Saga or something. Which one? Uh, there's Infinity Crusade. Crusade. Infinity Crusade. Crusade, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like fucking DC when they use Crisis for every goddamn fucking title. Like, Marvel <laughs> is just like Infinity this, infin- Infinite that. Because they did another one like 10 years ago with Thanos and where the Black Order comes from. Yeah, that was uh, Infinity. Infinity. That was Infinity, yeah. Anyways, uh, if I'm And then correct, Jim Starlin came back. And he did. <laughs> and he did like Infinity Saga. I don't know. I have a hardcover somewhere back here. Uh, it's just too um, much of the same word with like one extra word added on there. Uh, yeah. But uh, House of Ideas, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Infinity Gauntlet, that was like the only major event he was really part of that like stuck right that people really know of i mean i would say anything anything with a, anything with galactus he's he's at least involved in. he's at least thought of or involved with yeah. but you know but i think you're right like the infinity all the infinity stuff he was you know there for and uh, there's just one one like kind of infinity related thing was uh, in the original, I think, no, it's the second, uh, first volume of the What If comic. Mm-hmm. What If number 49 is entitled What If the Silver Surfer Possessed the Infinity Gauntlet? And it is a fan phenomenal read. Ooh. Like, it is, he basically becomes God. Um, and he takes Thanos, he takes Thanos along for the ride. Like, it's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, when you said Infinity Gauntlet, I was like, ooh, ooh, mention yeah. this, mention this. Yeah, damn, I mean, that's dope. I'd love to read that one. And I think that's been on my, like, watch list. But damn, I'm glad I have confirmation. Because I hate when you get to those good issues where you're just like, holy crap, this looks so great. You have to tread through then, freaking swampland of other issues. Yeah, like, that or it's just like it's that 70s, like, <laughs> writing where you're just like, dude, this is, whew, you guys yeah. are just talking what's on the page right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, what I was getting at is that um, he's basically a character that, you know, besides like the Stan Lee stuff and then like Infinity Gauntlet, he's kind of been in this weird limbo of like he's had series, he's appeared, he's kind of always there. I mean, he's in a Daredevil issue for like, I don't know if you yeah. ever read it, Ryan, but like. Uh, I need to read that right now. So I forget which Daredevil, but I'm pretty sure it's Mark Wade. And then Silver Surfer just randomly shows up. He's like, yo, I need your sonar vision to like help me. And then it's just like Daredevil on the front of the board riding with him. And I'm like, sure, you know, <laughs> but he's just one of those characters. He's just Silver Surfer is just like besides the, like what we mentioned, he's kind of just popped up here and there just randomly. Yeah, I don't feel like they've cracked him completely because he has a bunch of short, you know, you look at all of his runs, like you said, uh, uh, Ryan, you know, he had the first 18 issues and then he had one kind of longer one, 80s, probably early 90s. 
And then he, I mean, his TV show, his animated series got canceled after one season. And that, that was a dope show. I'm not going to lie. Like if you guys want some silver surfer, that yeah. was a good one. Yep. Um, and then you look at everything else, you know, he had the Stanley Mobius book, um, space. It starts with an R. I forget the name yeah. of it. Um, Requiem. Requiem. And then he has the, he has another one by Stravinsky, Michael J. Stravinsky. And that's like a five issue series. It's called like I, don't, I want to say it's Rebirth, but I could just be a generic comic book title. I think that that might actually be Requiem. Hold on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm right. Gonna, I'm gonna do. A, yeah, it's. I'm gonna do an Apollo City thing. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go hard. <laughs> Let me do some research on the show. <laughs> like, look, yeah, just it's painfully obvious. If we don't know, we just look it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> we should have a segment. I don't know. Let's find out. Requiem was J. Michael Straczynski. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And that one was dope because it talks about why. Like he, his body is dying, and it talks about why he has a surfboard. It talks about like what his body is made out of and what it can handle and take and everything. And then he hangs out with Spidey for a bit, and then he takes he lets Spidey touch the power cosmic, and Spidey just like sees the fucking universe, and his whole like mind is blown, and he's just like, "Thank you, dude." Like, and it's it's a great, wonderful, but it's all miniseries. Like we don't get yeah. a whole lot of surfer because I don't think they've really cracked them. And even like Brandon was saying, like, you know, he does pop up in King and Black where everyone gets to see him, but for like one issue, you know? And it's one of those. He's just there out of nowhere. The Mike Allred. We cannot slip into a King and Black conversation. You won't get me back. Uh, there's, I also have the <laughs> omnibus for the Mike Allred Dan Slot series that I'm excited to read. Because um, the yeah, Mike Allred. Yeah. He's next to Trad Moore. Like, I don't know who has drawn Silver Surfer better at that point. It's, it's kind of hard. Artists that take him you know, on. It's funny kind of kick ass they know what they have to do something cool like i think surfer is one of those characters where like his basic design is so simple yeah <laughs> and like so you have the old school like obviously the jack kirby and the john buscema like old school approach to him but then like mike allred does it and it's like oh this is new and like it's bold lines and it's bright colors and honestly like the biggest endorsement I can give for Silver Surfer Black is Tradmore yeah. art. And this was really the last thing he did for Marvel. Like he hasn't done anything really with Marvel since this. I mean, he, he and before this, he did a lot of Secret Avengers. He did a lot of Ghost Rider, Deadpool stuff. But like this is this is next level stuff. And I remember when I was reading this, I was I was mess. I forget who I was messaging, but I was like this is insane like i can't i can't stop reading this yeah like i probably finished it in an hour and i don't read comics that quickly which was nuts to me but this art style is just incredible it's it's amazing not the marvel standard you know what i mean you know like dc and marvel have their standard kind of look for all their books in a sense but the unique ones like um who's isad rubik and whatnot you know like his stuff is next level type of artwork but it's you know only each major company only has like two or three of those guys Mm -hmm. working for them everyone else is uh you know uh tony daniel uh what's the dude um michael janin that drew michael janin um well, michael uh, michael janin does kind of fall into that too right uh jason Uh, fabuk it's (laughs) Jason Fabric, that's what I was trying to think of. Like, yeah. all of those look kind of the same. And, you know, it's cool seeing this variety because it feels like independent books. And I think that's why people stray away from the mainstream because you want to see this type of art in a comic book. Like, that's why you're reading the comic. Yeah. You want something insane. 
Um, let's jump into the book. Uh, while we, I mean, yes. And honestly, like, I'm glad we got to talk about Silver Surfer for a bit because you know we're gonna fly through this book. Not gonna lie, the art speaks more than the story. The story is, like I said, very poetic. So each, uh, each one kind of, kind of, I don't want to say drags. That's the wrong, not drags in like a negative way, but the story literally just says just drawn out throughout each issue. It's just Silver Surfer being like super dramatic. Like I hate to yeah. dumb it down that way, but like he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm flying through space. My love. I feel and, its breath. Yeah. I find where it ebbs, where it turns. And in those turns, I find where, where it's, it's weak. weak. Yeah. Like, it's like. It's the most, it's, but in a way, it's the most silver surfer, like it can yeah. possibly yes. sound. Like, I think though, um, just one, one, one thing I wanted to say before uh, we, we've preambled so long here, uh, but like it, Brandon hit the nail on the head earlier when he said, like, this is not the best Donny Cates writing because, like, that's being done right now. Like, the Ven- Venom, King and Black, you know, the end of his Thanos run, Thor. Of course, I'm a big fan of his Thor run, but like if his writing was crap, I would say yeah. that. And it's just not. Um, but I think one thing, if you read Silver Surfer Black and kind of rewind a few years and realize that he hasn't hit his stride yet, you can start to see pieces. Oh, yeah. Yes, for sure. Especially yeah. when he's talking, especially when Null shows up. Like Donny Cates, like I know he created Null and Null is his thing. But he really got his voice right, um, even back even back in these issues. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree with that. Um, and that's the cool thing. I love seeing artists develop in that sense, like seeds being planted, seeing like them like level up with every story. You know, when they kind of come out with a bang, and then you expect everything to be a bang after that. Like if you read his Thor run first, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Like you should have read like some of these other ones i haven't read death of inhumans yeah. or some you cool. know, some of his yeah you you told yeah. me about it yeah um you hyped it up for me i think cosmic ghost rider cosmic i read ghost cosmic rider ghost is pretty rider. cool i never read as thanos yeah uh, thanos is really cool not gonna that was, it, was good. his his thanos run ends with maybe the most epic single issue of just random stuff it's happening yeah like oh it's it's like Oh, that, and then that, and then that, and then you're just like, and I'm tired, and I'm tired. I gotta go take a nap. Yeah, now. yeah, it was a so. shock. Um, we should cover that one sometime for sure. Um, it's one of those. But you know, this one, I feel like he had a lot of ideas, and he was crafting this like new universe because I kind of, I'm, I'm already, I passed like you know where he went through the wormhole and all that type of stuff. I'm like where he's standing yeah. in front of the gate, and he has the three kind of three warriors yeah. in front of him. Um, where Trad's Moore's art, it kind of reminds me of the first time when you see Samurai Jack. You know what I mean? Like you were just blown away by this like art style. I get that unique that's vibe. That's a great comparison. Yeah, that that's. I think that's where it's like vibing with me in that sense, like where it's connecting with me. Um, and you know these gatekeepers, I don't really understand them too much. They listen to Null. Like, I know that, but like, yeah, I think they're yeah. supposed to be like these weird extra dimensional. I don't know, like, I don't want to say entities, but some sort of life forms that are like guardians of some sort. It, they don't really. It's yeah. one of those things where it feels like he wrote in the script, uh, war alien warriors that look like 
1800s kind of like, like <laughs> card you know they, they remind me of like a victorian yeah that's like, what i'm saying like, like a like a playing deck like you know like a king and queen type of uh like a, like a card yeah, card yeah. Deck. and it's uh i don't know it, it's kind of, it's an interesting battle for sure but you don't realize yeah. i don't know i find i found it unclear that if they were preventing Silver Surfer from entering because they're stopping him from letting Noel escape, or if they're there to protect Noel, or if they're there just to like just guard it at that point, just purposeless. I mean, e- either either way, Surfer Surfer takes him takes them out in a crazy way where he uses part of the power cosmic, yeah. and he like ignites a new star. And like that burns them away and you know defeats them. And then like kind of one of the sub themes of this limited series is his hand starts to go black, mm-hmm. hence the title of the you know the series. And then he he goes to that gate, and wouldn't you know who's there? Yeah, this is the first first we see of Nolan this series. Which... Yeah. That that's incredible. The... That's absolutely incredible. The sword is the coolest it's ever looked at that point too. Like I, I love that stuff. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like so, so he used the power cosmic to, you know, what does it say? Um, the infant star I have birthed into being, uh, from my power cosmic floats into the heavens to bring light into this world from darkness, light with light a price. So that you know his hand turning black. That's the part. I'm just like there could have been a better way. I don't know. I wasn't too sold on like how what's happening to his body right now. Like what what are your guys' thoughts on this the black part of Silver Surfer Black? It to me it seems like he's so I don't know anything about Silver Surfer. I've literally never read a single Silver Surfer story minus what we've mentioned already. And to me it seems okay. like there's some sort of energy he harnesses within himself and Something has happened going through that black hole where he siphons that energy to be used in some sort of like, I guess like a weapon form. And then every time he exerts that energy, it kind of leaves him permanently. I can see that. And, and I know like normally that's not like normally the power cosmic doesn't work that exactly. way. He just he just is yeah. powerful. And you know, he, like. If if we could literally sit here for the next like forty five minutes just listing off Silver Surfer power set, <laughs> like he can just do anything. Yeah, um, anything he needs to do, he just can. I think what makes this interesting is that something about going through that black hole and being confronted by Null, who you know we know is the god of the symbiotes. Um, if you and by the way, if you have not read King and Black, like yeah. what are you doing? Read that whole run. like read, yeah. read King and Black. And uh, and Null Null becomes a lot more of an imposing figure after that uh, series. But like when when he uses the power cosmic here, there's consequences to it, which is interesting because I think that's one of the cool kind of narrative shifts that Donnie took with Surfer is he's not just powerful and then he stays powerful. At this point, when he uses the power cosmic, it's starting to almost eat away at him, which which gives it stakes. And I think that's something that surfer was missing for the longest time um, was that using his power never really cost him anything. So now he's like spawn. Is that really what happens? With spawn? You know what? Yeah. When he uses his power, he gets weaker. Oh, 
I've never read more than like. I think that makes, that makes heroes so much more interesting. Yeah, there's a like, there's a cost to what they can do. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, didn't yeah. Silver Surfer get his powers from Galactus? Yeah. So yeah. maybe this could be because the Galactus doesn't exist technically in this time. That we're thinking that too. It could be some sort of paradox where he exists pre-Galactus, but he has powers from Galactus. So maybe it's limited from what he has. Right, because we're gonna hit on that in a few yeah. in a few issues. But see, um, okay, and then like on issue two, we kickstart it, and he's like crash landing. He's seeking out planets for Galactus, and he crash lands into the planet that um was it Ky- Clytar or something like that. Clintar or something. Um, that Clintar or something like that. It uh that's holding. And by the way, this fucking page is insane as shit. Like the like teeth coming out of the planet and like capturing Silver Surfer, and then you see Noel like all elric style just like white and like naked being strapped down like as prisoner and like this is where i felt he was getting that power cosmic because i don't know um i don't know i i thought that's where the black would start infecting him because of this planet like it was a symbiotic kind of infection but uh that was i don't I, for some reason that's what i remembered <laughs> and that's what like, i got put together maybe that's just what made sense in my head at that time um but we're now like in the past but not present like the mo the most the nearest past before we go back in time where the wormhole spat him out yeah, yeah. uh fucking a trip like that whole explanation right there it, it is a little bit of a timey-wimey bendy mm-hmm. um like series but I, I think like maybe a way to like simplify it is like a lot of the things about the universe, the Marvel universe that you maybe assume have not happened yet. Like Brandon alluded to like Galactus isn't around yet. Yeah. Um, He's still incubating uh, in his, in, in uh, being ready to become, you know, the devourer of worlds. Um, Like we only see a few characters and even those characters like, Oh, like these are not like humans. These aren't other cosmic beings like ego shows up yeah. at the, at the end of the second issue. And you're like, Oh, we're like talking that old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And you know, it, he uses millions and billions throughout the whole, yeah, <laughs> throughout it, the whole book describing. It almost feels stuff. like he didn't have notes. He just said, what sounds epic millions of yeah. years or billions. <laughs> <of> <laughs> right. Years. Let's yeah. just say he went back free everything. He just went back 50 or 50,000 billion years ago, you know? But you know what, like... On the on the sixth page of issue two, it, it the, the little box just says, the dawn yeah. of time. Dude, that two-page spread is the background on my work oh. computer. Um, Are you <laughs> yeah, serious? I put that, and it's funny. I'll, like, minimize stuff in a Zoom meeting with the client and be like, oops, and it's, like, no one's over server fighting. Uh I find, and dude, uh, I show you my phone, but I'm recording. But like, dude, the artwork for this book is always like a like background for my phone. It always is like, yeah. it's astonishing. Yeah. Um, one thing I would I wish I would hope that we see more of in the future somehow is more of the Void Knight. How I want a fucking action figure of this. Like, why hasn't that happened? You know, like this, the Void Knight is the coolest. It, that version and um. Cosmic Carnage are the two Silver Surfer action figures that they have not put out that they need to already. Um, the Void Knight only exists for like a page. I know. Sad. 
but he i mean he exists he exists in our yeah. minds forever so that, that means that that's, like, that is an idea planted that someone needs to pick up and start writing that miniseries that's the next silver surfer miniseries we need now um, it, i mean he, he looks like a mix between as long as we're comparing things to older movies he kind of looks like a xenomorph yeah. from alien yeah and i'm always here yeah the board looks crazy yeah. too when you think about it yeah yeah man. yeah it's like, like a, it's almost like a like a like a i don't know like a sea creature with tentacles mm. and it is a sick, sick sick design uh i feel i can't feel bad for the next artist who tries to draw that version because you know trad moore's remixing a lot in his book like he's getting the ideas and putting his spin on yeah, it yeah, so yeah, someone yeah. else is going to have to pull from trad moore's original idea and put their spin while having that same vibe which will be interesting when we see it in the future i'm sure they'll do it at one point um but i mean this whole oh we we see the dragon in this one too i forget about that right damn uh his designs are literally out of this world when you think about it it literally just looks like ink pins going through you know and when you look at like when silver surfer is reaching out when he's being chased by the dragon and he's in that little wormhole and he's reaching forward the palm of his hand that the colors that were going on this reminds me a lot of like what jk williams and i I should fucking know the artist who worked on this book but uh sandman overture oh Oh, uh, jh williams the third yeah, Jay, well, I don't know who did coloring. Oh. I don't, did Jay also do his coloring? Let me see. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because that book is phenomenal. Is this the panel you're yes, talking that's about? the panel I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of sucks you in. It does. It's very, like, 3D. Like, it, yeah, it's, you kind of get lost in the, it. The artist is J.H. Williams III. Let's and he does his, his coloring in that book, too? I'm trying to... Well, if you go on Amazon, it's only listed with... J.H. Williams and W. Hayden Blackman. Um, who is he? I guess I guess J.H. Williams did do the coloring. It could be wrong. Hey. From what I'm seeing here, at least on Amazon, that's all that's listed. Um, yeah, I'd have to break it out. You know, someone in the comments let us know. We'll cover that book this year sometime, probably too. You were talking about the dragon, though. Yeah. On that next page. Like, that's just unfair. That's unfair. Unfair. Good art. This is like, dude. Yeah, you didn't have to go that hard. <laughs> it's like, Trad, slow down, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's so. I mean, it's gorgeous. And then when you get to ego, man, that final dude. page. I remember staring at it for like ten minutes because you're just, how could you not at that point? Well, the other thing we can't ignore is like the coloring. Like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave Stewart did the coloring for Sandman uh, Overture, too. Oh, really? Dave Stewart. Dave fucking Stewart is like, no wonder. No wonder. All right. That, that makes we, sense. Yeah. Got to just like do a deep dive on Dave Stewart at some point because his coloring, I think I've just declared as my favorite colorist yeah, cause out there. I think it's that, like I said, I think it's that same team that worked on Batwoman that did Sandman, or at least the artist. So, Oh, uh, yeah, maybe, actually, because... That would totally make sense. Mm-hmm. I would totally yeah, see that. That's how I remembered. Uh, issue three has my favorite Silver Surfer cover. Oh, that shit is it. so oh sick. Talk about something you could stare at for a while. That, that was my phone background forever. <laughs> like, it was just, I needed to look at it as often as possible. It was so good. 
Um, even like his normal, when you look at, um, I'm totally spacing. I always space out the names because we're recording. Uh, what's his wife's name? Shalabal. Shalaba. Shalaba. Yeah. When you, yeah, Shalabal. looking at like his humanistic figures, they are beautiful. Like they absolutely like it's insane. His even, even fucking Norn Rad. Look at that. That guy's handsome as shit. Like in this <laughs> book, like he is, he has a good looking bald guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a 90s billy zane yeah, yeah, just yeah drop billy go, zane's yeah. name <laughs> no i i picked it up oh no <laughs> <laughs> came at us with the billy Man, zane he's, he's getting ready for the mummy like and the two-page spread right here where it shows the planet um you know zen la and just a silver surfer completely encompassed in the black dude dude that being the like, you know, the wrap of this book like makes you want to tear up. Like you need, I want this in a giant poster in a in a room. I don't give a fuck. I just want to stare at this all day. This is like Doctor Seuss on acid, <laughs> or just turned up to like eleven. This is Doctor Seuss turned up to eleven. It, like so, in the seventies, Marvel did these blacklight posters. Mm. This needs to be a blacklight poster. Perfect. Like, yeah. like. I mean, like, so one th- one thing that so I really haven't looked a lot at these issues since I read them uh, about a month ago. Um, but as I, I knew we were getting ready for this conversation, I just kept like swiping pages and kind of getting lost. Yeah. Like, talk about a book that you could it's it's you know, I don't know if this really works, but it's rewatch value is so high for me because the art is so detail like seriously how do you draw like this how yeah it, it seems it Criminal. seems inhuman. i wonder if he's into a lot of how like you could draw with that much detail. oceanic drawings you know when you think about coral reefs and stuff like that maybe that's like a yes. heavy inspiration looking at the ocean and how insane and like you know um space-like cosmic like unknown and just bizarre the ocean really is when you start looking at details and how the ocean floor is shaped, how all that stuff is, all the creatures and everything, the way things kind of move in the water and might appear, um, looking at it through an angle. I can, I think the, you know, I, this is a fucking giant realization on the show right now. Um, it had to be, that had to be his inspiration behind his drawings. Like he must be really into that vibe. The other thing with like, his art too, that um, comes to mind, honestly, is it feels like cover art. For the interiors. Oh, yeah. It looks like Dude, variant art or turn, like cover art for issues that are like super over the top quality, but like for each page. If you turn the page where it shows like Silver Surfer standing over Zen Law and there's, you know, the panels and his mouth is opening up with the teeth and then like that. Uh, like every, you're right. Every single panel on this, these two pages, those are all covered. Yeah, they, <laughs> they can are, be like variants. With, with Silver Surfer's arms, like, yeah, these are all. Him screaming, dude, even him screaming, Noren Ran is like a great cover. I'd get a poster of that. That is beautiful. Like, the so what you mentioned cover art, a lot of what Trad Moore did, like on other series that he wasn't like the, the interior artist, was he would do the, he would do all the uh, covers okay. and stuff. Oh. Like, makes total sense. Like, th- so this is a on, I think it's page on page eight. This is a small panel. Yeah. But like, yeah. 
That's insane. That's insane that. to me. Dude, that's a it, fucking tattoo right there. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like, I think what's crazy about this is, um, like, I wonder how long it took him to do all this. I because the same thing. He, he's drawing a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, these are all masterpieces of art. And, like, the... The like, you know, the 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 Kirby collage oh. style, um, like that. Like, how do you even start thinking about like how you're gonna draw ego? But what you're gonna do is I'm just gonna zoom in on one eye, like. Well, it, anyway. damn, yeah. It's, it's also turning. like uh, I want to know. I'm pretty sure there's something out there, but I want to know what the scripts look like. Like describing the panels, it's one of those things that. Yeah, the relationship. Yeah, like, how like much freedom yeah. did the artist have versus Donnie's ideas, and like the way things look, like how you know Ego's face kind of looks like it's just like how do I explain? Like he almost looks celestial, a mm-hmm. bit of like a planet, you know. Oh, I see what you mean by that. Yeah, like it's. I feel like Ego's face has more kind of like definition. Like it looks like a face. Yeah, or like of a kind of being, being of energy too. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you look at his planet, the way it kind of curves to the side, the back of his head, where the planet doesn't even look complete. It's kind of like an ever-evolving, like it's changing yeah, when you're looking yeah. at it. Um, especially on the next page you just showed, uh, Ryan, it's uh, like you see the front and back of Ego, and it's like there's a direct line going down it, and it's separating two different yeah. like textures. Dude, it's... I don't know, and I don't feel like Ego's ever looked this complex before that's a complex is a very good way of putting that because you just you have to you have to take a look and then you have to take a second look and a third look and you're like oh right there's a face there yeah like yeah it's yeah like the attention to detail is just it's next level and i feel like normally if the three of us were talking about a donny cates written book we'd be talking about um, the lines and the dialogue. We have not mentioned one bit of dialogue. <laughs> no, it's you know, it's just the way it flows. It kind of maybe that was intentional too. You know, Donnie's words as poetic and as like you you literally glide through the story, and you're kind of gliding yeah. through the text because I think he wants you to be immersed by the art. I don't think Donnie wants to take over and be the star of this book. You know, because. In this instance, like it all goes to Trad and Dave Stewart, like they are what make this book. And yeah. I mean, Donnie's words, I think, yeah. were just smooth enough for you to like read and maybe paste the story out. That could be a thing too. Um, it's not your normal story structure because it's so paced out that he wants you to be immersed in the environment and what's going on. He doesn't want you to be too distracted with over the top storytelling and explanations and history like you literally kind of learn one thing per issue issue one he gets sucked through the hole and we find out he spat out somewhere else and we discover null cool issue two he's battling null and showing that there's a history between him and then he needs to escape null in which ego saves him we discover ego at the end of two issues we discover a new character issue three we're with ego and then discovering that um something has infected him and he's hurting, and so for them to make a deal to help each other, Silver Surfer has to now go help Ego before he could get Ego's help to fight the King in Black, in which he discovers 
fuck, dude. Like when when he's going into ego, these couple pages are wild. I don't know if remember like Nickelodeon, like that green the slime, slime, the way it splats. It was, yeah, that's that's oh, how the yeah. coloring, all of that. That reminds me of like bubblegum and like Nickelodeon yeah. <laughs> advertisements. No, I can see that. It's that uh. It's, it's, it's the colors that he uses you know it's these green it's like yeah. these lime greens these bright yellows and neon pinks and you know it's just all these bright colors that kind of don't mix together mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah yeah they're all like, very vibrant in yeah. that sense it's like dave what colors do you want to use all of them <laughs> what colors do you want to use yes all of them yes <laughs> yeah. yeah all the above well, it's like he went to a hardware store, grabbed all of the paint swatches. Yeah, it was just like I'm gonna use all of these, and then like on the so, I love how the board turns into like a lance. Oh yeah, to like spear through to the core of ego mm-hmm. to get out the infection that we don't know what it is yet. But then like there's one panel on page 14 where there's just like a Tron, like a Tron Legacy Tron video game. Uh, grid there for no reason for no real reason and uh, they just keep going and then he burrows to the center of the earth or to the center of ego's you know planet body and it's almost like a science poster yeah you're totally where he's digging through to the core it and that's some like mike alred inspiration right there too i'm gonna say that right now yeah 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 yeah, the way he does some of those like zoom in panels kind of like frank whiteley and whatnot i i I think All Red and Quietly were big influences on Tradmore. I could see that. When he gets to the yeah. center, we though. find out. Oh, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just oh, going yeah. to say that. Go for no, it. No, it, it's crazy because you feel like also you should have saw this coming. But when he gets to the center, he gets to Galactus before he's born, essentially. Yeah. And life bringer. Yeah. Wind. And this cube, this like weird futuristic looking cube thing is very jack kirby-esque now yes I say that yes only if you know jack kirby like if you look at his drawings of technology and the way his artwork kind of flowed when it came to drawing mechanical things or cybernetics or any sort of like circuit board looking kind of thing or something with tubes and wires coming out yeah. mm-hmm. you just know what i'm talking about like you see this cube yeah. and it's very kirby-esque and it's an obvious nod to kirby because i mean it's silver surfer and I yeah. think like it's a very subtle way of implementing that, uh, you know, almost like tribute to Kirby, but also kind of like how do I put it? But like mixing art styles too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's his own his rendition of a Kirby drawing, you yeah. know, of a Kirby concept. Um, and I love that because that's the only time you really get like the Kirby in your face part is like the birth of galactus and that's poetic in itself you know what i mean that's where we pull the kirbiness yeah. um and also with ego i don't know was ego a kirby creation I think he is I'm actually us Let's see. Right, this is this needs to get all right apollo city research on the spot my clicky keyboard um well i think i think ego either his first appearance is either in a thor yep. comic or a Silver Surfer Created comic, which if it was, or no, if it was a Fantastic Four comic. Uh, Mighty Thor 132, um, and which is interesting, uh, Jack Kirby as Stanley, uh, which is interesting because um, I think the 
Origin of Galactus is like Thor 136 or 39 or something like that. Or 165. Never mind. I'm way off. His origin, maybe. I, you know what? Really, I should have known my Thor stuff. <laughs> I got the Thor. Should have read every issue. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that? Quick aside into into shit like that is when you're like, "Well, you have a Thor podcast. You don't know everything." I'm like, "I, I'm not like, I'm not Rain Man. Like, I don't remember every <laughs> single a, thing." Like, come on. That's like telling a historian being like. Oh, you don't know all of history? Like, or you don't know everything about the revolution? You're still learning that stuff? You're how old? Yes. You have a master's and you still don't know every detail? Like, it's almost like history is a complex, you know, complex void that we jump into. Hey, and you know what? But, we know more history about these universes than our own problems. I know, right? Hands so. <laughs> down. Just call us out now. A crushing reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you much about the revolutions, but you know what? I could tell you some cool shit about Jack Kirby. Um, <laughs> Jack who? <laughs> you say that to a comic book fan, they're like, oh, Jack Kirby, wow. You say it to like a normal person, they're like, Jack who? Yeah, the... Friggin' what? The shame behind that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look at I'm gonna look at that Thor uh, in the 160s and I see if... I think it's uh, 164. Talk about Nerdo. Maybe I could pull that in my ass. I feel um, like while you look that up, um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll work on that. Um, I feel like issue four, when we jump into it, not only do we get one of the coolest Tradmore covers, because you get like this burning Galactus with this Kirby um, rendition and the surfer flying through it, like a total like homage to the whole concept of um, what the Silver Surfer has stood for for so long. It's definitely the issue where Donnie was like, all right, I got to really get this story going. <laughs> and he crammed a whole lot into it. Um, we were just talking about pacing and how like the first three issues are very fluid and you're so entranced in the art, but this one is a, a bit bulkier on what needs to happen for issue five, like the conclusion, you know, act three to really kickstart, uh, this one, it goes from him deciding if he's going to like kill Galactus or not, he's going to go into the, um, he has to face the incubator and that's where the watcher comes in and dude, the watcher is never. This giant baby head has never looked cooler. Uh, giant baby head. The thing we can't really like uh, uh, skip over though is that Silver Surfer easily decides that he's just gonna shove Galactus into a star. Yeah. And like, yeah. like, like <laughs> let's not disregard that he simply goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it." And then he already he literally does it, and the Watcher intervenes, and that tells you something like how important this is. And Vector is saying the way he's drawn is pretty crazy. No, uh, you're right. I totally skipped over like the most important concept behind that is that he has so much anger. He sees it's Galactus. He knows what Galactus does and what he's capable of and the history. As his herald, he's witnessed most yeah. of it. He's like, fuck um, this guy. And he's just like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking kill this guy yeah. right now. Like, I'm not going to have any of this happen. Like, screw this. Screw everything. I don't care what I fuck up. Uh, screw Galactus. <laughs> this guy's a dick. This guy's he's a not going to help us at all. And Watcher's like, gosh, such a dick. You know, I know your life sucks and... <laughs> Everything is ruined behind you, Surfer. But if you do this, uh, you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's not, I don't want to spoil too much for you, but you got two paths. One of them, you die carrying uh, Milnor, and and you die right here. So if you don't want a history and to experience some stuff, just just cut it quits now. And he's like, "Damn, all right, that was cold." And he has to make that decision. Um, 
and he reaches into like his mind and you learn about Brandon and I were just freaking out about this before the show because we didn't really remember or realize this. It says it right but there. Get, it it tells you about the Black Winter. Yeah. Like he kind saw of the first Black Winter. It was like, oh right? my god, yes, he like, subtly dropped that and he's been planning for it this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Crafty, crafty little Texan. Yeah, that's I mean I was bashing on the storytelling concepts before, but like really, of course, by analyzing it a bit more and talking about it for an hour, I'm realizing like the seeds that he was planting and the purposes behind some of this, I feel were very intentional. Um, and then him and Galactus, like the spirit of Galactus kind of like fighting. Dude, this is a Samurai Jack scene. This right here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Remember the, the, like the movie or I guess first three episodes, however you watched it as a kid. Um, but like a coup would turn into like different creatures and yeah. like animals and everything and shape shift. And that's what they're both doing as they fight each other. Is... I mean that. The, so the, the, the page right before that. So like that big double, uh, you know, that double page oh, spread yeah. that Brandon was just talking that's about coup. when he's digging away at his eye, like, it, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. Like it, trad and, oh. and, and dave stewart like they they capture agony in his face so well his face is melting off his hand uh it which is funny the art with his hand so his hand on this page it looks like they overlaid the inks over top of a like of a painting that was already there uh oh you know like if, if, if like the the part that's like where the coloring is, it's like the hand was already yeah. there and they cut that part and then put a, a picture under it. So it layers. Yes. It, you know what I mean? Um, yes. Dude, I had never paid attention to this panel until right now. I don't think. And knowing yeah. it's the black winner he's seeing and knowing what the black winner made like Thor go through and the fear Galactus mm -hmm. was in with it. This again, storytelling technique, like planting the seed of it's so horrendous. Look what silver surfer look Think about what Silver Surfer has seen in his lifetime, and he talks about it like crazy in this book. Planets being destroyed, yeah. all this type of stuff. He's seen death over and over again, but then to cringe and like want to like claw his face off, looking at the Black Winter, like that's when that happens. That event, because it has to at this point. Uh, it's gonna be better. It, ha it has so much, like, expectations. Like, well, you has to be the craziest fucking thing higher than anything else to tear up two of the strongest cosmic characters around. And then, you know what? You turn the page, that two page spread. That's fucking Aku right there. <laughs> like <laughs> that is Aku standing over Samurai Jack. Even with the, hel the, the helmet yes. and the, 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 the tri head and everything like. It's just so, and like the, I feel like for the first time, like, Oh, for the first time I noticed, holy crap, uh, there's hands reaching out of the, like, bloody water. Oh, Almost like the phantoms of, like, Galactus or the, you know, the ones that have, like, perished at his, you know, hunger. Yeah, dude, it's, you're right, I didn't notice that before either, but that's absolutely breathtaking. I've read this book three times and I'm still noticing stuff, and I... I pay attention more to the art than the writing, and that's how dense this is. With well, that. 
too like no, no. Oh, go all ahead, I was going to say is like this is a book that you don't really you, the artwork can tell you everything you could almost like take the words out and still be able to follow it yep but yeah. go ahead the so uh then the next page past the double page spread there is a subtle thing again that i just noticed if you look in the top left hand corner you see norin on a giant serpent like a viper and coming out of the viper's mouth is another snake yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then coming out of that snake's mouth is another snake mm -hmm. and then it goes into like a dolphin and then it's a wolf but i just noticed it's all connected yeah. and then it leads into the surfer mm -hmm. at the very bottom like, so if you're a listener now and you're like you know guys we get it trad is great i'm like we're we're not even hitting every page we're not even hitting all the subtlety yeah you could this um, is there's a treasury edition that it's i don't know if it's still in print but that's something i always regretted not getting and that was that'd be an amazing coffee table book to have right there let <laughs> that, all your guests see that when you walk in yeah yeah I also I love the Galactus design. You know when he takes off his helmet, like I really yeah. admire even that helmet shape. It looks I don't know how to describe it. Like it's so simple. It's just really simple for Galactus, and I think that's the most simple Galactus has ever looked. And it's like real clean, and I kind of admire yeah. that like adventurer look that he had because this is pre World Devourer, so this was like his outfit before that. Um, What's? Do they mention Galactus's real name in this one? He does have a real name. Um, Gallon. Gallon. There you go. They do Gallen. mention. Yeah. He doesn't have a last name, right? Uh, not that I've heard. Uh, I, usually, he's referred to by his name and then the planet that he was from before. You know, um, in current continuity, before the Black Winter destroyed it, but it's Gallon. Yeah, because he was a scientist oh, before yeah. he was the Devourer. Or yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So I know he's part. He's from another universe that his universe, which we find out now, was destroyed by the Black Winter. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of all I know. And then yeah, his name. I thought it was Galen. Is it Gallon? Probably. I think it's just a difference in pronunciation. Yeah. Maybe I, I would always read it Galen. I knew a kid named Galen. Actually, there's only kid I've never known Galen. I wish I would knew more about Galactus at the time. He wasn't that cool of a kid, anyways. He's like so. listening to this. <laughs> I guess. He's like, <laughs> I know, asshole. I thought this guy was my friend. Yeah. Like, you know what? I pull all my support from Apollo City <laughs> Comics now. <laughs> it uh, oh, dude. Man. Uh, this page, this issue wraps up with, you know, him really being able to speak with Galen face to face kind of for the first time and kind of warning him and telling him why he kind of hates him. And it's like, what if you turn into like an asshole in like 30 years and then somebody from your future comes and like wants to like kill you. And you're just like, why, what did I do? Like, and he's like, you kill everybody. <laughs> like, and he's just like, you cannot defeat the dark with dark. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of happened in other Donny Cates books. Like, uh, Cosmic Ghostwriter is one of them. How does that one turn out? I mean, I don't recall. Do like, you the story care about overall. spoilers, Ryan? Well, in Cosmic nope. Ghostwriter, the miniseries that was written by Donny Cates, uh, Cosmic Ghostwriter mm -hmm. goes back in time to kill Thanos. That's right. And, okay, and he gets baby. Yeah, Thanos and then it becomes right? a Mandalorian episode because he basically takes Thanos as like a you know as like his like his I guess youngling. Or not young, um, 
I'm thinking Star Wars. <laughs> he uh, he takes him so as kind of like his protege. It's so good. And then That's right. you get that alternate right. timeline where Thanos becomes Punisher and calls Cosmic Ghost Rider uh, father. But the same thing. He doesn't know why he's being killed. And it's because of that. So there is. Yeah. yeah and then I think there's also an Avengers book that does that where they go back to fight King the Conqueror and they try to kill him as a kid and they, they, they don't. Oh, that would make sense. Is it King though. the Conqueror? No. I would say. Yes. Who's the guy that time travels? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, mix up yeah. villains all the time. Talk about a complex character that I don't even think the guys that wrote Kang knew what, what was going <laughs> but, on yeah. with that character. He went through the same thing. The Avengers traveled back in time to try to kill him, and then it's like they don't understand why. So it's a very ongoing mm-hmm. thing, but this isn't the first time Donny Cates has done that. That's true. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's another one of his like little story, like... Back he likes cosmic he time like traveling these... realistically yeah that's what he, yeah that's exactly. what he likes. i mean thanos is the same thing his thanos series is kind of revolved around that too um yeah good shit yeah uh issue five well you start off in this like you know mid-80s artwork that looks like a duran duran cover kind <laughs> of. um <laughs> yeah it should be uh, like my favorite one. duran duran album on instagram and everybody's like oh which one is that yeah right yeah <laughs> Um, oh, was that like the deep track? Man, look at the cover. You guys like that black cover with like Silver Surfer all Obdissian like, and then you get this stupid Mary Jane variant. Like, why did see this that one? I, I don't know series? what it is. Like, Let me see it. Oh, that one is <laughs> this, <laughs> dude. Hello? Even the variants for this book, like you have like Ron Lim, uh, and then you have like. Uh, Cyan Tormri and man, all these like amazing covers. That dude, honestly, some of these variants look like Mike Mangola, like artwork. To tell you the truth, um, but then I get the stupid Mary Jane variant. Like that's just why I do love that. I didn't have to sit. I didn't have to like endure that. <laughs> I just you know, maybe the omnibus isn't isn't the thing that I need to invest in. Oh, th- th- those are my single issues. Yeah, that that, that I should just never mind. Yeah, omnibus is the never way to go. It. I'm not gonna lie. The, um, the main the main the main cover is like Brandon said, it's spectacular. Oh yeah, that issue three spread. But dude, on this one, oh man, man, I this whole like issue issue five kind of takes you into some crazy moments because some of this artwork we've already seen in the book um panel two of the second page like him stepping over i think that was like one of the first that's one of the first ones where he's flying through the wormhole it is yeah yeah because you have that same pose um, then the no- yeah yeah and then like there's that spidey image with him in uh surfer so maybe that's like the requiem reference that could be because that that discussion I was just talking about. I know the panel right, the, not the panel, but inside the panel with the Spidey one, the the um, the image right next to it, that's either from Super Silver Surfer number one, uh, all the way back, uh, way back when, or 
or that's from the uh, the Galactus trilogy, but that's like a, I think that's an opening splash page. Oh, wow. And uh, probably no one else cares but me. I'm going to find out. Oh, yeah. No, please let me know because I, I love seeing those deep cuts of like where we're seeing some of these images and, from. And, and but, on the third page, I'm just going to say this now, second panel where you see his, uh, what was her name? Shala Ball. Shala Ball. That is the most Jack Kirby face I've ever seen that is not done by Jack Kirby. Oh, because Jack Kirby always has eyes, all his characters like... with their mouth open, screaming, or something. Yeah, like... always in action at yeah. that point. Yeah, dude, that's a good observation. That probably was. Maybe that's why I was so entranced by his. That was like just a straight up Kirby call. Well, this whole book is a, it screams a Stan Lee Jack Kirby love letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even in the so like for those of you that like hey what um maybe you're listening and you're like maybe there's like cool stories behind this like donny kate tells a story in the first uh issue at the end at the letters page where he met stan lee yeah and he was like basically i'm gonna try and do this and he's like yep you'll try yeah (laughs) it's like my gosh (laughs) it's like old timer still got game uh but yeah like it's it's just kind of cool to see the things where like Brandon's been pointing out the whole time, like Kirby callback, oh, yeah. Kirby callback. Like that's just that's always fun. And I think so. <laughs> Brandon has had to sit through multiple rants of me doing this, but I hang out with a lot of older comic book fans, and for the most part, it's it's awesome. It's it's fun. But like they would look at a book like this and be like, "This isn't this isn't comics." I'm like, it actually is, because these creators are like brandon said writing love letters like these are they're they're taking the legacy that this character has and they're modernizing it while doing it very Mm -hmm. respectfully and i think like like this is not a bastardization of silver surfer this is a modernization of silver surfer and i like i wish i don't know how you would do this but i wish we had an ongoing silver surfer book that looked like this I think that would be exhausting work, but like I um completely agree, dude. Like it's it's something that needs to happen in that sense to really like I said, refine the character. If you get the right artist and the right correct writer on it, um right writer which oh, is yeah. gonna sound weird. Uh but it it would do so much for him. And I feel like we gotta uncover more of like like look how much emotion we've seen in these five issues with surfer his past his present his like i mean he went through time and shit like and then came back to the future uh so right now too we're still technically in the past are we not this whole thing we're is still yeah, like billion years it's like the beginning of- it's all yeah beginning of time Noel, while he was still reigning in that sense yeah because noel basically existed at the beginning of the universe right yeah yeah he was one of the first Wait, how did yes. he get created again i forgot right now Oh goodness! Um, I actually brought out my uh, King in Black because Noel basically created um, the symbiotes reference. out of like darkness. Or there's a King in yeah, Black handbook. You can get this issue. I need to get that. Get that. That's what that. he did with the symbiotes, right? They're basically oh, like wow. the like the nothingness or like space. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, check this out. Um, Noel apparently came into existence in the endless void prior to the Big Bang. Uh, con- uh, 
Content in the abyss, he was angered by creation, particularly the cosmic celestial shaping matter in the forming universe. So yeah. he created all black, the first precursor to the symbiote race, and used it to behead a celestial. After forging all black into a powerful sword inside the fallen celestial's body, Noel sought to destroy brightness, slaying and enslaving gods, and creating an army of servant creatures, other symbiote pre- uh, precursors, including uh, some that resemble giant dragons, uh, a fortress on a distant world. While creating his army, Noel uh, discarded failed creature experiments in a realm later called the Exoteric Latitude. At some point in ancient history, a time-displaced silver surfer, Norn Rand, encountered Noel, who attempted to enslave him. To escape, uh, to escape, Surfer used his power cosmic to create a small star to blast Noel ab- uh, across the cosmos. Approximately 3,000 years ago, Noel battled an unidfen- unidentified god. Um, yeah, that's And Thor that goes into fighting, the Thor yeah. And where he crashed lands. Yeah. So there's kind of like a gap. We'll see where Noel ends on here, but there is definitely a gap of Noel's history to still be explained between what happens post-Silver Surfer Black and the god he's fighting that lands on Gore's planet. And Thor. Damn. (laughs) Fucking, uh, that was a lot. A lot of history going on there. And literally, dude, this whole entire last issue is just one epic fight. And then, of course, we get the Donny Cate sword in this issue because Donny Cate gives everyone a sword. Um, And he's fucking dope. He, like, lets the, the black kind of take over his body, too, which is super interesting. These fight scenes. Well, he he's. This is the first time in the, in the book, besides the first issue, where he starts fighting back using like you know, again, kind of like using his powers, and they even have like a meter on that big like giant spread where you have them fighting while Noel's on the dragon, uh, and they're about to start their oh, sword legal. fight. You see these small panels on to the right, and we're. Silver Surfer is getting darker. Oh. It's like an energy meter draining. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It shows how yeah. much how much it's taking over his body. And do the next page after that. That's that was the fight scene I was looking at too. That was Oh man, that first panel was just like it's like sound like vibrating, like like images of sound vibrating um further swords. That's how like intense this battle is. Uh, it's how cosmic it is at that point. And then, dude, he turns into like, what's that Green Lantern that Kyle Rayner turned into? <laughs> Where he had all the... the... Uh, it's like... Yeah. yeah like <laughs> like it's too much power. The, the White Lanterns? Um, it, it was in the movie. I know nothing about Green Lantern. Oh, like uh, <laughs> Kyle Rayner becomes like a White Lantern and he absorbs all the... Oh, I'm thinking of the Hal Jordan one when he becomes uh, something. Um... I don't know. <laughs> no, but uh, parallax. Oh, not parallax. No, yeah. A, a cow turns into like a white lantern that absorbs all the spectrum. And oh yeah, and all the colors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that the the uh, blackest night? Uh, brightest day. No, it's, it's like post no. on that. It's like somewhere in there. It was. I think in Godhead, I want to say, which was New Fifty Two, uh, uh, end okay. of the universe so. stuff. Um, no, that was Omega Men. Was it Omega Men? Yeah, by Tom King. That was Omega Men. I'm pretty sure. Great. Now we got to talk about Tom King. Now Fantastic. we got, yeah, we talk about Green Lantern and Tom King on top of that. 
Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Go read it. <laughs> yeah, that shit's good. That shit's real good, actually. Um, but dude, the the page after the two page spread, they the paneling on this one is like horrific and fascinating, but there's so much emotion behind each panel. Like the first one is just like a static image of Silver Surfer, and it looks like just you know, neon colors painted on black or black painted over neon. Um, the way you have Noel's face where it looks skeletal, like the skin is coming off. Yes. Like, oh man. And he could do a horror book. Yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Well, have you read little bird? No, I have not that, um, Ian, I'm spacing out his name, Ian, something. Um, it's like, it's not Beltron. I'm just, it starts at E and B, something like that. But his art is very similar to this. Very similar. And it's kind of like a, it's not a horror book, but it's pretty damn gory. And there's some crazy creations in that. Um, but look up Little, uh, Little Bird. Um, it's an image comics book. And that one is just phenomenal. It's similar, similar stuff. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So one thing I noticed uh, when when you, you said that Brandon about the panel to the far left on this page, yeah. he's literally switching up art styles. Yeah, yeah. This looks like, like a painting, like a Bill. Nothing Skeet, in Skeet the Kevich, book like looks like that panel. Nothing. Nothing. And <laughs> it just like talk about being like, and you know what? Treadmore could listen to this, and he'd be like, you know what? It's all bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but, but like, stop making theories, guys. I just drew shit. We're writing like a we're writing like a thesis on how great his artwork is. Um, but I think what's so great is just in the way that he he communicates all this emotion on Norin's face. He he literally ha- had to switch up an art style to get it across another way. And talk about being like such a badass uh, artist that you're just like, you know what? this art style we've been going with for, you know, bulk of four or five issues, I'm going to switch it up for this one panel. And, and, and we're going to do something a little different. Um, I just think that's so, so good. So good. Yeah. And then like he, he goes completely black because he's used up all the rest of the, of his power. And that's the cool part too, is that, you know, this is where the book kind of wraps up, but, uh, you know, the planet he got from ego, um, He's saying that it wasn't used uh, to like for war or for harm. Um, and it kind of continues on. He's like, your past cannot be changed. Your shadow cannot be erased. You cannot def- uh, defeat the dark. Um, but you can find the light inside of you. Protect it, uh, protect it from harm. Care for it. For it will be fragile. And then when it is strong, share it. Give it away. Shine, shine it down upon those still trapped in the shadows, and perhaps the brilliance of your light will outshine the void within. And there, bathed in the flame, you will be forgiven. And dude, uh, like I mean, the I mean, the pages kind of go on for a couple more, um, with a fucking astounding artwork continuing. Yeah. But dude, like that's literally Donnie Cates writing about being a writer. Like I'm going through shit. I'm I'm feeling things emotionally. I've been through experiences. I've been through dark times and dark paths. And the whole point of a story is to give survival information. That's like the essence of a story is to be survival information. 
And that's what Donnie is giving us right now is that when you're going through this to stuff, like know that that little bit of light that you still have that you may even think that you lost, like you can share your pain and your experience and it can help others find their way out of the darkness. And it's like, it's the whole point of a story. It's just the whole point of a story. The So one thing that, and to, to just really piggyback off what Brandon just said, which I thought was so pointed and so, you know, uh, such a good description there. The, the thing that the original Surfer comics are known really for Stan Lee writing Norrin Rad is it was Stan Lee's way of communicating to fans and readers what he thought about the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they would come across almost like sermons, mm-hmm. like him preaching at the audience. But it was in this, this often fatalistic, um, like, you know, things are very bad. Um, but he would always have that kernel of like hope because at the end of the day, I think the Silver Surfer is a great symbol for hope, uh, especially in this story, because as he's planting those cosmic seeds, He's planting the seeds that would become Zen Law, yeah, which is the planet that he comes from and that was destroyed by Galactus. So, like the poetic ending here is, I really think um, Donnie's strong point in this book is that he wraps it all the way back around, and there's that emotional hook at the end um, that you know, as as Brandon uh, read so well, you know the the part about being forgiven. Uh, Noren's also saying like there you are Zen La and he in like the planet just kind of bursts out of these cosmic seeds um and that's just kind of it's it's a great poetic ending I thought it was a great way to wrap the story up and you know notice like the message he's giving at that time the art is good but it's not spectacular like you're now entranced in the writing and you can kind of the art feels like comic book art where it's just like you know one is definitely there's a balance between the two and they're the writing is the message as you absorb the scene, but it's not overtaken by the art where the art was crazy and abstract and over the top. That's where it kind of calmed down so you can get the message and then it ramps back up. Yeah, I was going to also say uh, with this ending, uh, I guess you could say that he's kind of created a paradox because without Silver Surfer, you wouldn't have Zen Law, but then without Zen Law, you wouldn't have Silver Surfer. And apparently he would have gone through the black hole, gone back in time, go through all of this, use the last bit of his light or whatever you want to call it. And then his cosmic power that apparently he got after Zen law to create Zen law. So then now it raises the question of like, well, it's, it's what came first thing where was it the chicken or the egg? Was it Zen law or silver surfer? But now it's like, you need the time travel and the loop to make it all coexist. Yeah, it's like kind of a weird, you know, you have your your timeline and then it strays and does this like loop and then he comes back into like an infinite possibility thing. Like, but this moment has to happen in his life no matter what. And, you know, it kind of goes. He doesn't remember it happening. No, yeah. And it's kind of. Well, he doesn't remember it before it, obviously. He's like seeing all these planets that were destroyed come back to life and you, you know, he says, understanding at last why they worshiped the silver god, knowing that a silver god had saved him and everything um but man it is it i love the last part uh i am noran ran creator and orphan son of zen law i am a noble light in great undying darkness 
I am a friend, an ally, a lover, to most a savior. I am known by many uh, universe-wide as a silver surfer, the sentinel of the spaceways, the herald unchained, but not death, no longer that. The darkness I have given now balanced the light I have shared. And so now, my hands no longer drenched in red, I return in the black. Like, that's just... Man, don't call it a comeback. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it is it is just fucking dope. Like, it, it, you know, I always enjoy going into an episode and like being like, yeah, that book was cool. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. I really want to just talk about this one thing. But there's this one aspect I really don't really care for. And then walking out of an episode being like, Fuck! <laughs> it was all so good. What was I talking yeah, what about? What the hell? Like, what, I, <laughs> I do love this book. Yeah, through and through, man. And it's just like, fuck. I don't know what. What else can you even say about it? Like, it's fucking phenomenal. Well, like, realistically, when it comes to like this book in its entirety, there's a few things to take note of it, and that is definitely a letter of appreciation to you know the characters' creators. It's also. Donny Cates, realistically, he's always want. So to me, his strongest run to date has been Venom. But I think he's trying to create his epic little corner of a Marvel universe that's within the continuity. And I feel like Silver Surfer was his opportunity to squeeze in a little continuity and kind of get the groundwork and basis going for everything because he went to the dawn of time. So I think yeah. this is his attempt at like planting the seeds figuratively yeah. and I guess like literally for his Marvel stuff. Cause now he has cemented stuff that has happened in Thor, Venom, Guardians. Um, as far as his other Marvel stuff, I'm not too sure, but all the stuff that's going on at least ha- like a little bit more epic and, yeah. and ongoing. It seems like it, this was his attempt to connect everything. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, that's like just, you know, I was kind of ranting about the storytelling aspects, but you're right. This is the glue. This is like the base of all of that. And everything is kind of spinning out of it. Because before this, he just had Thanos, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Death of Inhumans. And then this and Guardians came out. Some Doctor Strange stuff, I believe. But he, was doing, he was doing Venom already. Yeah, Venom was already around too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but Venom was very early stages of Noel. I think I could be wrong, but I think this is right around the time of Absolute Carnage. That could make sense. I I, I would have to look at those release dates, but you're probably right about that too. Yeah. Um. The speaking of tying stuff through, in the in the I think it's like third to last page, uh, the page right before. Brandon started reading there. Um, the planets that he's planting seeds of. Anybody remember those names from another conversation we had? Ooh, let me look back at this real fast. Let me read some of these planets. So he mentions Zenlaw. Okay. He mentioned Zenlaw, Massacron, Eleanor143, Draven Bar. Those are all planets that Galactus destroys in the Devourer King. Oh, oh, there you go, and he's shit. replanting. The- so the so, like the big world eating the planets that charge Galactus above. God, 
Damn it, Johnny, you're too good. <laughs> Damn it. I was a comic book comic book nerd through and through, especially Marvel. Yeah. I think what's you know like 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 we've said so many times like the three of us connected over you know comic book wise like Donny Cates' stuff and I <laughs> the guy is gonna put together a run that is gonna be so hard to stop like because right like right now think of it he is he is in my mind the Venom writer yeah dude the like, Venom wasn't oh, cool for this or it probably it's not after it, it I'm so sorry to say but like he it it took it it had to take someone like al ewing taking over the venom book after donnie left because the freaking king in black happened like uh, in i cannot like i cannot speak highly enough about that book and how it changes it changes eddie brock it changes venom it changes you know that whole kind of pocket and donnie like put a stamp on it like no the venom is mine yeah um uh and you know now he's doing it he's doing it with thor in a very different way but we like we knew null was going to be the long the long game for venom just like if you're reading current thor donnie has already told us what the long game Black is we, well it's thanos with the hammer oh yeah true, true, the true. the vision yeah. the, the vision that the black winner gives thor of like so, how he dies which so i didn't mean to i didn't mean to shut down the black no, winter no, talk right. because That's... i actually thought about this i don't think we're done with the black winter oh, in no. thor i don't think we're done at yeah. all um i think we got a taste of it and um and now like i uh so not to make this like a a, a pseudo episode of across the bifrost but one thing i've noticed reading through the current run of of uh, thor is donnie takes everything that thor is familiar with flips it on its head and it's all nightmarish versions mm -hmm. of things that he has come to know and love which is what the black winter told him was going to happen like he told him he was going to die he told him that he was basically going to have his his heart ripped apart and you know donald blake turned on him you know uh i'm not going to spoil how the last issue of thor ended but something else turned on. Oh, you know, him. you can spoil it by like, the time this episode comes out. But yeah, I mean, Milnor ain't, ain't his buddy. I got to that last page, and I was literally like, "What in the yeah. hell?" Yeah, cool shit. What do I do with this? <laughs> like, but I'm just saying, like, all that to say, Donny Cades is a master storyteller. Like, people that think good comics aren't being made today, you're not reading. True, you know, and there's there's so much. Reading. It's 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 one of those things. It's like with music or anything else, you gotta kind of like carve and kind of do your research and see what 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 flavors you like most. Are you a sweet or salty person yeah. and shit like that? Like, but I feel like the stuff people expect out of comics that Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, Donnie's name is gonna be up there too. Like he is gonna be one of those high ups. Like he's Mark gonna Wade be the one that tries something different. Yeah, gonna, you know, it's there's a reason why it's good. And I said this in a Venom review I wrote back when the first volume was like done with. And I said he's doing epic things and he's writing what 90s comics wish they were. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. That's, in my opinion, the best way to sum up Donny Cates writing because he's an avid fan. And I'm not dis I mean, I'll diss 90s comics and I'll, you know, I'll stick with that opinion 
and people will argue with me. But I honestly feel like I'm not wrong when I say the stories aren't that great. Hell no. Now, the ideas and concepts are crazy and, and just wacky. Hence, they, you know. hence why, and this is going to be like a random little talk real fast, but just to explain, the Image comics were so bad, badly written when they were coming out, but the art was so good. And that is exactly why Todd McFarlane uh, went out and said, I want to get the four greatest writers out there for comics to write four issues or five issues of uh, Spawn to prove that, like, yeah, I mean, like, the, the character of the story is astonishing and amazing and a good person can write Spawn because Todd wasn't a writer. It was, it was terrible. Those issues are cringy. But the art's phenomenal. You know, like, you can't deny it. That art is fucking great still to this day. But that's why you got Neil Gaiman, uh, Alan Moore, Frank Miller, and um, who did who did Cerberus? Uh, David Sim. Dave Sim. David Dave Sims did the crossover with Spawn. Yeah. Uh. Well, no. Oh, uh, yeah. He did the crossover. Yeah. Um, yeah. Issue, issue nine. Eight. Issue eight. eight. Yeah. Issue, issue eight. Because yeah, issue nine is the one with Angela, and Neil Gaiman wrote that one. Um. But he had to get, and that was how he had to push Spawn sales because everything was nobody was kind of like it was deteriorating because everyone was like this shit sucks like there's a lot of number ones a lot of cool stuff but like the writing is so bad and tom made these uh todd made these deals hence when you learn about neil gaiman's whole uh courtroom drama with todd it goes into a lot of that type of stuff too yeah but uh oh sorry no, i was just saying uh, uh, basically yeah 90s comics were not great in my opinion they looked cool yeah. but they had great they had crazy ideas but they just didn't it's, and I'm about to say something that will get me so in trouble with the comic book community. But go ahead, Ryan. Do it. You you won't forget what you're gonna say. Uh, no, I will not. No, okay, will I'm not. just saying, and this is just me ranting completely off topic. But it's like Chris Claremont motherfucking writing. That dude. I'm sorry. And you know what? I'm not a huge X Men fan. I'll say it. But that dude <laughs> could not write a good comic book. I'm fucking sorry. No. Those Ooh. ideas and. You know, it's a hot take, but his idea, he's a great idea, man. He's great imagination, but those books are hard to read. They those, were hard to read back then, I guarantee you. And it was, there was nothing like it. So that's why people loved it, but they are hard to read now. Those books were really good in the terms of like craft and story and character development and, and ABC ideas. plot and ideas. It's as far as I'll go. <laughs> I know. I'm about to fucking get ripped a new one chris claremont never oh, had a conversation with a regular person you could tell like by reading <laughs> stuff, like. no and i respect chris claremont and i think he's a phenomenal person and i think yeah. like he is like the x-men writer but it's it didn't age well i'm sorry it's there you just, go it's hard to read it but it, cool. that's what 90s comics are to me is that they didn't age well they had great ideas and awesome concepts but the writing just couldn't back it up and to sum it all up Donny Case to me is what all that all those like '90s comics wanted to be. Again, is so yeah. I have to piggyback off that hot take because it's just the the straightest fire I've heard in a long time. I think if like people were like, "What are you talking about, Brandon? Chris Claremont's the freaking best." I'm like, "Okay, what's your favorite Chris Claremont X Men issue? Tell me. What's your favorite story and tell me why it's great? Tell me. Tell us. Well, he's I mean, he's like the best, man. I'm like, see, most people, <laughs> most people like nowadays, like unless you're finding like you're finding like like older fans that were like in it and they bought it like from the beginning and that's like their book. Awesome. 
most people will not know why they disagree with you. That's true. Yeah. The people and, and the other thing is like the the 90s comics thing. I agree with you a thousand percent. And like that makes so much sense to me. It's like a great idea. Mo okay. Well, most 90s comics. Outlandish art and an idea that couldn't be followed through with. Yeah, and that's that's like, simply because, and it's uh, it, it trips me out because I, I mean, it blows our minds. But literally, Todd and all them wrangled up. You know, they got Mark Silvestri, they got Jim Lee, they got you know, you got Tom McFarlane, you got um, Rob Blyfeld. Um, I'm sure uh, you got Eric Larson. You have these amazing great, artists. Great artists. They didn't bring any writers over to Image when they were doing bring this. Bring a writer. When, <laughs> like they should have brought one or two writers from any company. And, dude, I bet you anything, all of those series would have been, had way more success. But they were so yeah. consumed by the artist struggle that it was just like the writer, it, it almost didn't matter. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. comics but, we've discussed many times, it, you put the best writer in the world and the best artist in the world together in a room, the outcome you're going to get is a fucking comic book. Because um, mm -hmm. it takes two in that sense or one you know frank miller is pretty fucking great you know what i mean in a lot of senses yeah but you have that rare double that that, that double threat oh, yeah, yeah. And, sean and sean maybe Murphy. i have a bias but yeah I'll, I'll have a bias and in that time of like that x-men era frank miller's daredevil was obliterating in terms yeah. of like its execution in terms of writing and artists again i'm not saying x-men comic i'm i'm saying x-men comics are important and for what they did they're amazing oh, yeah. They're probably worth checking out for the lore and all that, but like, yeah, don't. But I can't stress enough. It's just the actual writing. I'm just like, it's it's hard. What's like hard Stan Lee? Stan Lee wasn't a writer. He was an ideas man. Jack yeah. Kirby. Oh god, really wasn't a writer. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Where's where's this, yeah. where's this creating a, a laundry list of reasons to cancel us? Like, <laughs> and no, well, uh, dude. Okay, in comparison, in comparison, um, you know, Brandon and I are talking or working on our own art and trying to like you know, make shitty art so we can make some shitty comics. And the whole thing behind it is like, okay, I'm a writer. Yeah, the, the writing will probably be pretty damn good, but the art isn't going to be good because my strength is in this aspect. And you kind of got to yeah. choose one or the other. Um, kudos to those like Jack Kirby and Frank Miller and Sean Murphy who do fucking everything. Um, mm -hmm. And I would love to, but like there's a tug and pull. Sean Murphy, brilliant writer. I mean, brilliant artist. His writing is good solid oh. yeah um frank miller has his ups and downs but a lot of downs on that up uh <laughs> i love frank you know he's fucking the king but um kirby king of fucking comics uh phenomenal art yeah. and you just the dude try reading the original fourth world i did it i did all of it <laughs> it was tough but fun kudos to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like reading original Spider-Man. You're like, oh, yeah, it's just it's a tug and pull. And it's like if I, you know, we are bashing on the whole artist trying to be writers type of thing. But like, dude, I'm going to try to be an artist and it ain't going to be good. I mean, you, uh, people yeah. will rip on my stuff in, in 30, 40 years, you know, I, I so I, I, I told Brandon this I like I, I finished I finished up my first attempt at a comic book script. And then my first thought was I should draw something. I got two hours into that and was so friggin' depressed. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, not this. I'm like, oh yeah. Artists are great. They're phenomenal. They are. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, before I we go off on another rant with that, I 
coming back and rounding back to Donny Cates. Donny Cates is someone, granted, these aren't original creations of his in comics, but he's someone that if you had the writing sk- or you know the the writing skills that he has, because he is a good writer. He's yeah. a really good writer. Silver yeah. Surfer Black not being his best, or even Guardians, but he's got books that are really solid fucking writing. And he's a creator that, with the right artist, those outlandish ideas and these bizarre, wacky, cosmic time-traveling adventures that are multidimensional and multiverse craziness. He's when you have the writing chops to make it awesome. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, with all 100%. Of but, and you know what? As we sign off... You know, Brandon and I are are probably gonna be doing some live shows of uh, just a hangout, like drink and draw. It doesn't mean alcohol; it means like coffee, whatever, because it's it's a it's a school night for us, you know. Um, but we'll be doing those pretty soon on Thursday nights when we can. So we'll we'll probably have those up on the live. It'd be cool to have you on that one day, Ryan, and we'll just all hang out and vibe and draw some cool stuff and draw some shitty stuff. Yeah, really. absolutely. Like, you know, it's just a, a thing. But keep an eye out for that. Don't forget to check out our friends at Lesser Known and Coffee and a Comic and mm-hmm. Ryan. Where can they find your show? Tell us what's going on. Throw in your plugs. Okay, so um, they guys, it's just so weird because like we chat regularly, so it's like it's not like a I'll see you down the road kind of thing. <laughs> it's like I'll, I'll probably send you a, a random thought tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, man, I've been I've been running with my my main show, Cross the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, for a while where. Every single episode, we dig into the world of uh, Marvel's Mightiest Hero. So um, this year, I'm doing something really ambitious, and Brandon gets to be a part of this uh, coming up. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping Brandon, that you get to be a part of covering one of the volumes of Jason Aaron's run as well. Yes, I uh, want but to. I'm covering. Yes, and and we got. Damn it, uh, we got so many. He's so excited. <laughs> we got. Well, I honestly, I am because we're gonna cover every single issue of jason aaron's thor run leading up to thor love and thunder this summer so um it's an ambitious thing uh and i think we can do it um so we got a lot of cool things coming up um brandon's gonna be on an episode we're gonna get brandon on another episode i got a lot of great guests lined up and um i've got another side project Uh, do you mind if i plug my other side project all of it Get it in there. So um, doing another podcast, my wife and I are doing a podcast together called Muggles, Magic, and Mischief. If you are a Harry Potter fan and uh, you enjoy the books, I have never read the books. My wife is like an aficionado about the, that series. So she's taking me chapter by chapter through that. And, uh, whoo, man, it is uh, it is really good. I can't believe I never read these books. Um, I, re- I started reading them yeah, last year, actually. Like, I'm on book four. They're really fucking great. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I'm, like, eight chapters into Sorcerer's Stone, and I'm just like, these books get longer. I'm a terrible reader. I'm a terrible reader. If it doesn't have pictures with it, I get confused. Um, so, um, yeah, but you can – both of those shows have accounts. Uh, Across the Bifrost is at the Mighty Thor podcast on Instagram. And uh, – muggles magic and mischief is just that name uh on instagram and uh those are my two main things i do uh coming up soon if you follow my personal page uh at i am ryan does i have another third project in the works that i really hope pans out uh because it might be the thing i'm most excited about this year so um 
I got a lot of cool shit nice. coming on going on uh, that uh, a few people care about. So um, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really it. Um, thank you guys so much. I mean, this, again, it's an extension of the conversations we already had. Yeah. So um, I just really appreciate being on the show and uh, chatting about this book. I mean, this book was insane. Yeah. And uh, I was so glad we got to talk. I'm so oh, glad dude. to have you on the show. Finally. Yeah. Like, thanks for coming on and chatting with us. I know we could talk way more, but I know we're restraining ourselves. It'd be five hours. We said, we said, we did a three hour episode the first time we spoke and hung out ever. And that was on Thor. And then I was just like, this episode, I'm going to make sure because I'm editing it myself. It's going to be an hour, hour and 10 minutes. And then we're hitting the two hour mark coming up. I should have known. Like, you just can't. It's too exciting. We, 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 we vibe too well. Um, Ryan. We're also collectively about to all get canceled by the comic book community. It's fine. We we should be able to have these conversations. Well, you like, know, we'll we'll cover some of those volumes to back. Yeah, up I'll shit read too. those books and I'll yeah. still talk about them. And if you want to argue with me, I will politely disagree, but hear you out. Maybe we'll do a live <laughs> episode on some of the stuff we don't should. like. And hey, guys, if you really want to ensure that all three of us get canceled with like <laughs> old comic book lovers, I'll talk about my love of Tom Taylor for an hour, and we can all get canceled together. Oh, there you go. Uh, Tom Taylor's a phenomenal writer. Yeah, I'm That's... fucking down for that. I'll, I'll fucking have fun with that. Tom Tom rules. He's going to be another yeah, good he's, one. Yeah, he's like the biggest sweetheart in real life, too. I got to meet him, and he took selfies with me. And dude, Shut up. Yeah, like dude is so awesome. If he you ever magically ever heard the, like, here's this. And he's an Aussie, which makes him like, you know, a lot yeah. cooler than, than, than us normies. Um, so, man, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so of much. Of course, Ryan, thank you so much. You can check out all of his links below. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe all of his content. Uh, keep up to date and keep an eye out for the God Butcher and the God Bomb episodes. I'm going to be on with you soon. And then we're going to line up stuff with you and Brandon. Um, but guys, you know, thanks for hanging. <laughs>